This is Booting Up, where we talk to the best in tech about early careers. You'll learn what it takes to get your first job and rise the ranks of the tech world. Now onto the show with host, Rod Dannon. Good evening, everyone. It's time for Booting Up, where we talk to previous bootcamp grads about the secrets to the successes in their careers. Today, we're talking to a engineer from Google that has risen up the ranks and she utilized her previous company to kind of break in. So we're gonna dive into that and see how you could possibly do that too. Uh, if it's your first time joining us, you know, make sure to subscribe so you could find us again and stay you know, up to date with all our, our apprentice and booting up events so you can boot up your career too. But without further ado, let's bring on our guest of the evening, Danielle. Hi. Hey Danielle, how's it going? I'm doing well, how are you? Life is good. Where are you joining us from? I'm uh, in Los Angeles right now. Um, was in New York okay. pre-COVID, but been uh, been here with my family for for a little while. So, so is that where you grew up? You, you've always been from LA. Yep. Gotcha. So, yeah, LA is the only place I can compete with uh, South Florida right now in terms of weather. <laughs> so I'll give, I'll give you that. Yeah, exactly. So, so you start out in LA, and and then from there. Like we're looking at LinkedIn, you've been kind of all over the place. You were in Chicago for college. Like you said, you were just in New York. Are you, were you in San Fran at one point? I actually never did San Francisco. Um, okay, so did my... LA, Chicago, and, and New York. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so how did an LA girl find herself going into Northwestern in Chicago initially? Yeah. Um, well, I think part of it was that I visited in the springtime, um, but, uh, but gotcha. loved, yeah, um, loved, loved the school when I visited. It's kind of midsize um, and uh, everybody I talked to that was there um, had really great things to say. Um, so I applied early and um, got in and um, decided to go and uh, and then afterwards, like, you know, various networking opportunities and stuff, um, all the career fairs are for Chicago based companies. Um, so I ended up sticking around um, and uh, yeah, and then stayed there until I moved to New York for the Google job. Gotcha. So what was the original plan when you were going to college? Like, did you know what you wanted to be or did you kind of fi figure that out like during college? What happened? Yeah, so I kind of went in not really sure what I wanted to do, but thinking I was going to do pre-med. Um, my dad's a doctor, and I thought it, uh, you know, seemed interesting and exciting, but uh, but I wasn't as passionate enough as you have to be to like start that journey. So, um, so I, <laughs> yeah, so I, I took uh, you know Chem one hundred and one and decided uh, after you know half a quarter that that it wasn't for me. Um, and then uh, kind of kind of shopped around, uh, took various classes um, and ended up with somewhat of a general degree, like um, doing uh, communications as a major. And I minored in um, business and Spanish. Um, just was, was kind of thinking I'd go into a business type role. Mm -hmm. um, I took a computer science class or like in this prototyping class, but um, but it was a little too late to like major or minor. So that was in the back of my head towards the end of graduation, but um, but nothing I was able to pursue in college. Yeah, so you got a little bit of a taste. You saw, okay, maybe it could be something, but I guess like, yeah, it was too late to switch a major. I, I definitely know about, about that life. Yeah. Uh, so, so you come out with, with this degree and then what was your initial like game plan getting a job? Were you going for a specific position? 
Um, yeah, so I actually went through, like, went to the career fairs, um, you know, early senior year of college, um, networked with various companies, um, not really sure what I wanted to do. So I was interested in some rotational programs that I saw. Um, okay. So some some companies have these programs where you kind of get to rotate through different areas of the business and um, and then go into one of those those areas. So um, so Morningstar, which is where I ended up working, had that. Um, and so I went through the recruiting in the fall of um, of senior years and then um, and decided to 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 take the job. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, um, what brought me to Morningstar. And just so everyone knows, so, so Morningstar, they're like a financial company, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. They're an investment research company. So, um, they have, uh, advice for individual investors, financial advisors, institutional advisors, um, stuff like that with across some various products. Um, they've got like morningstar.com, um and morningstar direct which is for like the more advanced users gotcha okay so, so you get into this rotational program you're working in there for a little bit like how long were you working in there before you kind of you know get start getting drawn even more into tech yeah so morningstar starts um like every everybody who starts in the rotational program at least when i was there um everybody starts in like a support type role um, okay. so that you get to know the the clients and the products um, and um, they think that sets you up well for um, for success at the company. So I was working on um, on one of the products uh, and and in a support type role, it's it's kind of like, a, you know, when somebody calls or when there's a customer issue. Uh, you handle it, but there's not much that you have to do after that. So like when I wasn't on calls and stuff, I started um, doing Code Academy classes and other um, other like online tools to teach myself how to code. Um, and um, and after I was there for a few months, um, maybe like three months. I'm not actually I don't remember exactly how long, but <laughs> after a bit. All good. We won't uh, test you. <laughs> Um, after I bit, I uh, started taking like this class internally with the quantitative research team where they kind of were teaching a general a class on SQL and data. Um, and I found that really interesting. So I, um, I wor worked on a project with the quant team through like this apprenticeship nice. program. Um, yeah, so it was kind of like a 20% type side project um, where I got to analyze some data using like R and SQL um, and thought that was really like fun. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I, I kind of threw um, a mentor at uh, Morningstar. Uh, she mentioned to the program directors that I had this interest in tech um, and that started some conversations with them about uh, me leaving and going to a boot camp um, and coming back to work in um, in the t on the tech side. Okay, so, so so you basically you had a champion in the company. I was like, hey, like she likes tech, let's help her out, right? Yeah, and that was really awesome. Um, yeah, she 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 kind of started those conversations um, before I even realized that's kind of the path I wanted to take. Um, I, I knew I liked it, but I didn't really think that switching internally would be um, would be an option. 
So if someone was in a company now and they're interested in, in tech, maybe they've already gone through bootcamp. Uh, yeah. do, you think, do you think there's a way to kind of, uh, you know, get someone to be their champion inadvertently or, or even directly? Yeah. I mean, I think having those conversations is like, that's great. Um, everybody wants you to grow your career and um, to be successful and learning new skills um, can only help in that. Um, and I was really lucky that Morningstar let me leave and come back. But I think there are a ton of options. There's, you know, um, remote, like, I mean, um, side um, programs where you don't have to quit your job, but you can, yeah. you can learn on the side and then and then um, switch over. Um, so I think being open about where where you see yourself um, and what your interests are, um, and you never know, like who's gonna who's gonna kind of listen to that and um, and bring that to the people who who can can help you get there. Yeah. So so not to put you on the spot, but if someone was you know trying to bring stuff to the manager, they might be scared. Hey, like. If I say I want to do this, maybe they'll fire me or maybe they'll start looking for my replacement. So how would you even like start that? Do you have like a kind of script maybe that someone could like start off off? Start off yeah, off? Um, that's a good question. I think maybe seeing ways where these tools can fit into the job that you're doing or like a job at the company potentially. Mm. Um, so kind of starting to learn on the side. Um, and and letting your manager know you know like i'm learning this skill set like it's, i think it's super interesting um maybe even i don't know i guess it depends on the role that you're in but like sometimes you can i don't know you could do some data analysis on like something you're working on or or find a way to integrate it into what you're doing um uh yeah i i think like being in good standing and like doing well at the job first, um, like they'd be open to those conversations. Um, because, you know, if, if your manager, like if your manager has given good reviews and stuff like that, then, um, I don't know if, if it's in the consideration process that you might quit the job anyway, um, <laughs> to do a boot camp, then I, I guess there's no harm in asking. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I have like an exact script, but, <laughs> but that's kind of my, my take on it, I guess. No, you, you gave a good idea because like basically you have to treat like a sale, I guess you have to show them how to help their like team in the company. So like yeah. you said about doing that work before they can, you can kind of give them a taste and say, Hey, like, if you like this kind of work, like I can actually go, go out and learn it. If you give me the support and give even more of this uh, really good stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And, and with the client support role, I was on the phone talking to customers that were sometimes frustrated with the product. And I wanted to just be able to go like fix bugs and and do stuff like that. I, I didn't have the tools to do that right off the bat. But um, but so starting conversations like that, like, oh, this seems like something I, I could maybe work on or, or do. Um, you got your brain flowing. Yeah, exactly. So, so so they end up, you know, giving you full support, like, hey, go to boot camp and they actually let you do it for, for three months. Like you, you left and did a full time boot camp, right? Yeah, I did. So, um, so it was really, really nice. Um, they let me kind of do take a leave of absence to do the boot camp um, with the, um, the idea that I'd I'd come back after um, and start in a tech role. That's amazing. So it's like as you're going mm -hmm. through the boot camp, um, 
was, was I guess it was kind of like relaxing knowing that you had someone to come come back to yeah um yeah it's definitely it was very unique um everybody else in my boot camp cohort um was um had quit their job and and were starting fresh um so um yeah it, it was definitely nice not to have to think about the job application process but i still kind of i knew those tools would be useful so um definitely like um you know when we were doing interview prep and stuff like that i i still took it all seriously knowing that um those tools would be definitely like help me out in the future yeah of course because like once like you're in tech you're, you're always interviewing even with people that aren't interviewing you mm -hmm. so you know you want, you want to put your best foot forward and i think yeah you obviously speaking here now so you, so you took some some stuff from it <laughs> so, so you come out and and like, was it a direct thing? Like you finished boot camp and boom, right back into the job? Um, yeah, I took about like a week or so in between, but but yeah, then went straight into um, working um, in the, so, so Morningstar had the business rotational program, which I started in, and then um, they also had a tech rotational program. So that's what I switched mm -hmm. into um, after the boot camp. So I wasn't exactly sure like, what team I'd be working on, what product I'd be working on, um, any of those things, or what role I would be in exactly. I kind of thought I would be in a software engineering role, um, but I ended up um, getting put in a QA position first, um, and then moved moved my way over into into software engineering web development stuff. That's amazing because like it's basically you're going back to the same company, but it's a brand new start. You're going to a different development program, and then. Mm -hmm. Did, did you kind of like work on any QA at all in the boot camp, or was it that a complete new thing too? Um, not exactly. Um, like we didn't do QA exactly, but we did definitely like worked on um, test infrastructure and stuff like that. Unit more unit tests than like okay. automated tests. Um, so so it was interesting because I kind of got to pick up on a, a new skill, and I think um, I mean while I was in it, I was hoping like i wanted to be doing software engineering but i think it really helped my perspective for when i started um in the software engineering role um kind of thinking about testing and and uh putting that as a priority um yeah so, so and then, you said you were you were thinking about the software engineering role next while you're in qa so so, so why is that because i know some people consider qa as a possibility after boot camp so for sure yeah qa is an awesome role um but i love like building th like i love being able to um work on a feature and kind of see it working and and stuff like that that's kind of what i was hoping to do but qa is really it's it's a really interesting job as well um just um something that i was personally less interested in but definitely it's it's um yeah it's it's, it's a great um great place to go after after a boot camp, if um, if you're interested in that, what was um, like a typical yeah. day like? Yeah, um, sometimes it, it was kind of a combination of manual and automated tests. I think testing. I think there's um, it, it varies from between different QA positions. Um, uh, so just making sure, like checking to see, make sure there's no bugs that have been introduced. Um, a lot of times there are different environments. So um, mm -hmm. as code changes go in, they go in first into one one level um, and um, 
everybody can test to make sure it works there. And then it goes into another level and so on and so forth um, so that uh, it gets tested extensively before the end client can see it. Um, so, so it was testing in various environments and then also writing automated tests. So those are kind of tests that, that pretend as if they're a user. So it'll say, open this window and log in with these credentials. And then when you see this prompt, click this and you expect to see that or something along those lines. So that, that was definitely like, uh, the part of my QA role that I liked the most because it had that, um, that aspect that I like about software engineering, where you get to see, you build something and then you see it working. Um, and there's, you know, a clear, clear task at hand. Um, so, so I think if, if there was more automated testing and that was, you know, the majority of my day to day, maybe I would have stayed um, in the QA role longer, but, um, yeah. but I felt like I, I wasn't using all the things that I had learned in bootcamp with, um, you know, all the manual testing we were doing as well. Gotcha. No, so, so that makes sense. So you do this for, for three months and then from there, uh, I guess the rotation ro rotates and you go into an engineering role. So what, what was it like finally getting into that role? Like how, how what were the motions? Yeah. So it was actually, it was kind of funny, it, it wasn't as like formal as that. Like I didn't know when my QA role was ending. Um, there was actually on the team that I was doing QA for, um, uh, one of the developers left. Um, and I kind of, I asked my manager if I could, you know, start like try out working on a bug or something like that to, mm -hmm. to, you know, get into the software engineering piece a little bit more. Um, okay. and, uh, so I did that and, and then was able to to switch into the software engineering role on my team. Um, so so that was kind of um, it was it was kind of a surprise when I when they they pulled me aside and asked if I wanted to switch um, into software engineering from QA more formally. Um, and yeah, I, I was really excited. It, it was it was um, it was awesome. So so that goes back to like lesson before when uh, you so basically you you were doing the work before you had the position. And mm -hmm. because of that, they saw, hey, she could do this. She likes this. It's going to be what she succeeds at. Let's bring her in full time. Yeah, for sure. I think like goes back to kind of being being open about where where you see yourself going and, and what you want to be doing. I definitely um, I definitely mentioned to my manager quite a bit that that was kind of where I wanted my path to go into software engineering. And that I think that definitely helped um, help me get there sooner because when you know, when the developer left, um, they kind of had it in the back of their minds that that was something I was interested in. Gotcha. So, so what was that first year as an engineer like? Uh, like, what were some of the things you worked on? What were some of the things that you were like struggling with? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think there's, you know, uh, an element of imposter syndrome um, where, you know, you don't feel like you you didn't have the the uh same background as most people who you're working with um you know uh because you learned software engineering so quickly there's there's definitely things where um like i wouldn't want to ask some question because i thought it might be a dumb question and and stuff like that um uh but but yeah overall um i started working on like picking up bugs at the beginning and then working on larger features, um, 
and uh, and yeah, it was it, it was kind of what I what I had envisioned software engineering to be like, which was which was fun. So so, so like the questions that you asked, like, did you try to like limit them early on, or like did you only ask specific types of questions? Like, how do people usually navigate that in the early days so they don't you know feel stupid? I guess. Yeah, um, I think that people like are happy to answer questions. Um, so definitely like, like I was more timid to ask questions than I should have been. Um, and, uh, but, but usually I would kind of look things up first, see if I could figure it out on my own and then, and then like go to people on my team as a next step. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I actually, my younger sister was starting college when I um, graduated, uh, when I graduated college and was wishing that I studied computer science. So she actually <laughs> did study computer science. So um, that's been nice to have her as a sounding board when uh, sometimes I'm like, did you learn this in uh, in your computer science classes? This is something I should know. Um, and usually, uh, I feel like I know, like, the answer is no, or I don't really remember. I would ask that same question type of type of response. Yeah, that's the thing. Like in college, you're not learning, I guess, like job skills per se. Like you learn a lot of theory. You might have some coding classes, but it's in terms of like actually doing the work, you can only figure out how to do the work once you're doing it. So it's true. Yeah, totally. And I think, yeah, I think because um, the boot camp is for you know for people to land careers in tech yeah. much more job focused so i found myself being able to help her as well um, yeah so that's that was exciting when when i had something to to help out with because you know it's it's more theoretical i think in in um, computer science classes than you know the practical um knowledge at least um you know from my sister's experience yeah, t t 10 points for bootcamp grads right there. <laughs> so, so you worked at Morningstar for a couple of years. How long were you there? Yeah, a little over uh, two years. A little over two years. Okay. So, so, mm -hmm. so what kind of prompts a software engineer to look for different roles? Uh, were you thinking about it pre previously or did something just come up? Yeah, um, I actually, I, I got pretty lucky. Some, um, somebody from Google reached out. Um, I was starting to feel comfortable in my role at Morningstar and mm -hmm. potentially ready for a new challenge. But, um, but I probably, I'm not sure when I would have actually like initiated um, any sort of uh, formal job search. So yeah. um, when the Google recruiter reached out, I was like, this is a great opportunity for me to kind of ramp up my interview prep um and uh and and then you know if if i didn't get it um which was what i was expecting i would just kind of go into a more formal job search because i had already like done a lot of the prep for the for the google interview um yeah so, so so it, was, it was good you took the chance like i i always <laughs> i always tell people like if you get an interview request like honestly just do it for the even for the practice but i guess in your case you did it for practice and then it became your your actual job yeah, yeah, and I agree. It's definitely. I feel like as interview requests come up, it's always good to kind of, um, you know, practice and and see what types of questions they'd ask um, to prepare you for when you are ready for um, for a new challenge. Yeah. So, so when a recruiter reaches out to you, I guess like they're already interested. 
So is the interview process any different or, or what was the interview process like? Yeah, um, I think there's there's not that first stage of, you know, waiting to see if the application's picked up and the resume is read. Um, so it's nice knowing, you know, you, you're going to at least get that first interview. Um, and uh, and it, it was useful working with a recruiter. Um, I think I think at a lot of companies they do pair you with a recruiter once your resume is reviewed, um, and um, and they think that you're ready for the for the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, it was it was a great experience. I um, I went through you know uh, there's a phone interview and then the on-site interview, which I guess now is remote for most places but um back then it was on site you go in and um it was it was a long day it was like a five hours or so of um i think there were like five 45 minute interviews the mountain view um they actually flew me out to the new york office so i I still haven't been to the mountain view office um surprisingly but um but yeah so i flew out to sorry if you can hear my dogs barking from the background. <laughs> um, special guest. Yeah. Um, I, uh, they flew me out to the New York office um, and I went through the, the interview there. Um, and yeah, it's like data structures and algorithms. They give you a large list, at least at Google, they give you a large list of kind of topics that could come up um, okay. which is very overwhelming because there were so many topics that there's never enough time to, to get through it all. Um, you feel a whole but, encyclopedia, they're like, all right, just learn everything. Yeah. Here's everything in computer science and it could be any of these things. No, it was, it was, I mean, you could technically go through it, but I wanted to give myself only a month or so of prep time because there's endless amounts of questions and practice you could do leading up to an interview. So I kind of wanted to, to just get it over with at a certain point. Um, and so I did as many like practice questions as I could, um, read various blogs and books and stuff. Um, and, uh, and prepared that way, but there's definitely an overwhelming amount of resources out there. Not bad, especially for Google. Like, uh, it's one of those big companies where there's probably a lot of like, "Hey, how to crack the the engineering interview at Google?" So you mm-hmm. probably watch those. But yeah, what I want to ask is, so you mentioned you have to do algorithms for the test. Like, did you think your previous job experience made algorithms easier, or were algorithms still kind of like a foreign thing? I think the most useful practice I had done was actually in my uh, in the full stack coding bootcamp. Um, when we uh, every morning we do these whiteboarding practice interviews. Um, I think you're not or at least I wasn't really thinking um, about algorithms and data structures all that much um, on the job. So um, I, it definitely comes up but but it's it's a totally different skill I would say than the 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 daily day-to-day software engineering job yeah it's one of the biggest complaints is like all these companies like they make you study data structures and algorithms and then they have you do like a bunch of if statements on the actual job so it's like what are you doing yeah exactly um yeah it's definitely it's a lot different so so it took all that time to to prep um you know i I wouldn't have ever been able to just walk in and and like do one of those interviews (laughs) Um, even now, I think I've forgotten a lot of what what I prepared at that point. Yeah, if you don't use it, you lose it. 
but at yeah. the time, like which, uh, what was the best resource for data structures and algorithms? Any specific site? Um, it's hard to say. I, I swap, like jumped around between a lot of different resources. I think the most useful was, um, I had a friend who was also applying to, um, software engineering roles at the time. So we did a lot of mock interviews and that was really helpful to simulate okay. the real, real environment. Um, I think there's a lot of online resources that do that. Like um, there's something called Pramp I've heard about. Um, but yeah, otherwise I, I read some of Cracking the Coding interview. I did um, Leak Code Problems, Interview Cake. Um, I read some blogs um, because I was interviewing in JavaScript a lot of um, cracking the coding interview and some other resources are sometimes in other languages. So, um, so I found um, a blog called Base CS um, that I thought um, did a did a good job at explaining some of the um, data structures and and algorithms and you know with nice pictures and um, I found that helpful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you do the the data structures algorithms part. You do the coding interview. Uh, was there any, anything else that was part of the process? Was there like, I'm guessing obviously a behavioral one, right? Um, yeah, at the time, I think it was pretty much all technical. Um, at the end, towards the end, now they, I know that they do have a behavioral interview. Um, but yeah, the, my all my interviews were technical. I think on my like fourth out of fifth interview, the interviewer started off with a behavioral question. And I like, I feel like <laughs> I forgot <laughs> how to speak English. Like I like didn't remember how to like process non-tech thoughts. Um, uh, but but did yeah. They so, you, did they hit you with any of those like, like what random questions that don't even really have an answer? Like one of those kind of like riddle type questions? Uh, no, I, I don't think I got any of those. Um, okay. It was um, I think it was pretty much all like data structure and algorithm type type questions. Um, but but yeah, and then after that, um, so so those interviews are meant to be more general. You're not um, talking to the team that you might be on. Um, that comes after. It's kind of if if um, the interviewers feel you're a good fit, then um, then you'd move on to like a team matching type phase um, where. You get to talk to various um, various teams um, or like managers on various teams that are hiring uh, and figure out if it if it's a good fit. Um, so it's like a draft. Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you, like you're talking to teams, then and then I guess like they each do they have like a round of picks or just like hey, like this team likes you the best. Um, the way it worked for me, I'm not sure if this is across the board, but, um, they're like, you find out which teams are ready to move forward with you. And then, um, you can kind of decide which, um, like I decided, which I, I felt was the best fit. Um, so, so that was nice. Um, kind of yeah. getting to, to do that. It's a mutual thing. What? It's like a yeah, mutual thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So, so, so once you, once you start, you know, you got this huge company, everyone has heard about Google. Everyone loves Google that they, they talk about their work culture all the time. So mm -hmm. what, what was like the, the first months, like in terms of getting adjusted, what kind of perks did you get? Yeah. Um, the perks are, are really nice. Uh, there was like a lot of free food and, um, uh, nap pods, which I, I never actually used, but people definitely do. This, um, this is uh, the New York office? 
Yeah, this is the New York okay. office. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really awesome office. Um, but but yeah, the first month was mostly just kind of digesting everything. Um, uh, a lot of bigger companies, um, Google um, in particular, like has have a bunch of internal tools. So just getting acquainted with all of those, um, you know, not uh, you know how to check in code, how code reviews work, um, all of those things, and then you know, team specific knowledge. So, um, so it was a lot of just ramping up and, and, um, understanding what the, what like the tools look like and, um, very slow kind of ramp. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, yeah, my manager, I think said, you know, I've, I've very like, I don't expect much, just learn and then we'll, you know, get to things you're working on after once you feel ready. Um, so that was nice. Yeah. That's one thing like people from like, people don't realize like about like these big companies is usually come in and they're the, the expectation for when you start to contribute is much, much lower versus a startup where they might throw you into the fire. Like the second day, they're like, all right, you got access. Like, let's start coding. Yeah, totally. So, so do you think that like, that's a better environment for someone coming out of bootcamp? Do you think that that slow ramp, uh, kind of easy going, or you think people need to kind of get thrown to the fire to to stick it into the tech world? Um, it's hard to say. I feel like you know, both are good in, in different ways. Um, I think the boot, like coding boot camps in general, I felt very prepared to just learn quickly because it's such a short period of time that you're learning a new skill. Um, so I think you're, you're set up to ramp um, pretty quickly. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I think there's definitely pros to in a startup world. You'll definitely, I think, you know, have a lot larger contributions. But um, at big companies, um, you know, there are teams that are newer. Um, the the reason I I liked the team I ended up on is it was kind of a newer team. I felt like I'd have more like the ability to to make larger changes um, and stuff like that. So. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's kind of depends on each person's learning style and, um, mm -hmm. what they're looking for. No, that makes sense. So then what, what was the specific product you started working on? You to share? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I work on a, a product called uh, funding choices. It's, um, like a messaging platform. So there's different uh advertising uh like different privacy rules and regulations in different places so mm -hmm. we offer a solution for publishers to basically put some html on their page and um and then we like handle showing the message when you know if a user is in europe or something then they'd see yeah. a message specific to something called gpr um and uh so so we kind of handle those those things um, so what, what kind of like skills or technologies are you using to implement this kind of thing? Yeah, um, we're, it's, um, a full stack role. Um, I do like JavaScript front end and Java on the back end. Um, Java. and yeah, so, so it's, sorry, what, what would you do? I said, interesting. I, I, I wouldn't, I guess like Java is kind of like the older language that people hear, but I thought it was more for, um, like web application, not web application, like computer applications versus uh, web. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't actually worked in Java before starting the role. Um, but 
but yeah, I, I, uh, I guess I wasn't involved in those early decisions as to why, um, <laughs> why they chose the various languages, but, yeah. um, but yeah, it, it definitely, as I like, it took some ramping up to, to learn Java and, um, to kind of get familiar with the technologies, but, but I felt like I came out of, um, came out of boot camp good at reading documentation and um, getting acquainted with that, all that. Do, do you think like it's, do you, how hard was it to kind of learn Java? Cause I know a lot of people, you know, they come out of boot camp. the common one that everyone knows is React, but they mm -hmm. might get in a job and they want them to know Angular. So do you think mm -hmm. like transitioning is pretty easy once you have kind of the basis of a, like a one framework or one language? Yeah, I definitely think um, you know having the 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 knowledge of the basics and how how everything generally works is useful, and and having that perspective on how a different language works, I think, or a different framework works, I think, is helpful. Um, in um, I don't know, like if if your team's eventually thinking of migrating to a new framework, um, it's sure. always useful to be able to contribute to those conversations and and talk about what experiences you have and being able to compare various frameworks and languages do you feel like in a, in a big company like you can bring up stuff like hey like i think this would be a better optimization or or this might be a better framework to use for this project or do you feel mm -hmm. like hey it's a big company i'm i'm just a, a little little fish in the pond and i can't really change much <laughs> um i mean there's definitely a ton of people at google but i do think those conversations um happen right now we're kind of redesigning um one of our pipeline our like data pipeline um and so and i think it was you know somebody came, said why don't we use this tool um is there a reason we're doing it this way versus that way um so i think um i think it's worth bringing those things up if if there is a way that you know is is better to do something I, you know there's a lot of um fo there's probably other features that um that you've committed to that, um, you know, product managers have committed to and stuff. So not necessarily that you'll be able to kind of work on those things right away, but, mm -hmm. um, but good to bring up because eventually, um, you know, if, if they know that that's um, some tech debt that, that could help for building features faster and, and doing things better in the future, I think um, it's something that um, I found that people definitely um, keep in mind. Yeah, I guess it never, it never hurts to bring it up, you know, Right, exactly. And it shows that you're kind of thinking about the bigger picture and thinking yeah. about improvements. Um, I think it can't hurt to to kind of raise those things and and um, and discuss it with the teammates. And um, and then you, you end up learning something if it if it isn't the right solution. Like, um, I think understanding why is also important. So. Um, so, yeah, I definitely I encourage like those conversations yeah. to be had. <laughs> I can't say I've made sweeping like changes to how anything works at Google, but um, but yeah, that definitely is like worth worth bringing up and having this this conversation. So so looking at, at Google now, like uh, you you experience life in the office. Office obviously is amazing. That every nap pods. How's work <laughs> changed moving to the remote life? Like how's how what's the collaboration like? Uh, what's your day to day like in terms of meetings too? Yeah, um, it's definitely a lot different. Um, uh, the in office, you have kind of more casual interactions, you kind of 
um, I think it's easier to to get to know teammates better. Um, it's it's um, an adjustment to to kind of move into remote. Um, our team has kind of brainstormed ideas in order to like have still have those kind of more casual non-work related chats because I think at the beginning, you know, all our meetings were related to something we're working on or um, something work um, related. But now uh, we've tried to integrate other activities to to kind of have more informal um, uh, like hangouts with other people on the team. So we do something called Lunch Ninja where um, okay. where you get paired with different people on the team and um, set up like a lunch meeting that week um, just to to kind of make sure everybody's um, who have started like during the pandemic meet new people on the team and also just um, to encourage um, people to to kind of chat um, informally uh, like you would in an office. So yeah, so you guys you have to you have to be more intentional about connecting with coworkers. It's not just a, those like natural interactions. Yeah, definitely. And, and then have there been any like new additions to your team? And then if so, like how, how do you get adjusted kind of communicating with someone that you had never met in person? Yeah, um, there actually have been quite a few people who have joined since we went remote. Um, and so I think um, it's 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 definitely harder to um, to get to know everybody as well. But mm -hmm. um, I've I've tried to like you know, set up, set up video calls, um, just to meet and get to know the new people on the team. Okay. Um, and, um, kind of, I've, I've, uh, been mentoring one of the, the new people who have, who's joined and, um, encouraging her to like set those up, um, with people on the team, just, um, so everybody knows, um, you know, so you get to, to meet people and, um, and, uh, and feel as if, uh, you've met, I guess, uh, face to face. What would you recommend to someone that, you know, was, was about to start a remote job? Like how, how do you think they should connect to their, to their new like teammates? Uh, has there been something that like one of your new teammates did that was effective? Yeah. I'd encourage just setting up, um, one-on-ones with, with everybody on the team, um, just getting to know everybody. Um, and I think that makes it easier when you do join, you know, actual meetings knowing the people in the you know virtual room yeah. um and uh being able to to kind of have a connection before um before talking about about work related um stuff and then also encouraging um you know team people who are on teams to set up you know fun team building events that are that are virtual to to kind of um help the the newer people on the team um, feel connected. That's good. Some good tips. Um, so we're getting close to the end and I always like to close out with a couple questions to kind of help bootcamp grads in their job search transitioning into tech. So the first yeah. one is always, you know, if you're graduating from a bootcamp today, what would be your game plan to get hired? Yeah. Um, I think, um, feeling confident with some of those whiteboarding interviews, if, if you're targeting larger companies, um, that's helpful. Um, but also being able to like talk passionately about one of the projects you've worked on. I think um, you know in bootcamp you get to work on 
several projects and um, being able to talk about the technologies you've used and um, you know working with teammates and um, stuff like that I think is is really valuable um, and like networking reaching out um, I've talked to various people who um, you know have reached out on LinkedIn um, usually like kind of pre people who are kind of considering boot camp um, but mm -hmm. but um, if you know um, bootcamp grads, now there's a pretty large community of bootcamp grads. So yeah. um, going on LinkedIn and reaching out to people who have graduated from your bootcamp to to see, you know, what steps they took to to get a job at like wherever wherever you're interested in, um, and um, and kind of going through it that way. Um, I guess that's probably that's, that's probably my advice. No, yeah, it's good because people don't realize like. Like colleges, you know, they lean on their alumni network, and now with boot camps growing, like the alumni networks are also growing much bigger. So yeah, yeah tapping into that's a smart idea. Mm -hmm. so, so looking at our second final question, uh, what should every boot camp grad be doing in the first year of their career to set themselves up for success? Um, that's a tough one. Um, I feel like just. Um, kind of taking taking everything in. Um, definitely, don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, I think um, finding a mentor within a company is is helpful, especially in a larger company, um, to be able to talk through career growth um, and have those types of conversations. Um, and and um, yeah, I feel like um, just continuing to to learn and grow and. Um, and attend any extra like meetings that um, that could be helpful in, in learning new skills, but um, but also knowing that um, you know you like not to not to feel like an imposter, I guess, yeah. um, uh, which is hard to like easier said than done. But um, but everybody who's landing a job like you know has earned has earned that job and um, should, should continue to remember that. That's true. And, and so, so on the mentor part, any tips to find that mentor internally? Yeah. Um, I think, um, I've been lucky at, um, at Google, there's, you know, some more formal ways to like yeah. to get a mentor. Um, but I think, um, just speaking with other people on the team, asking, um, for advice kind of, it, it doesn't have to be more like, a, a formal mentor, but um, somebody who um, you kind of feel more comfortable reaching out to with questions. Um, maybe another bootcamp grad. Um, see if there's like kind of a bootcamp grad network um, within the company that you're working at, um, or somebody who's graduated from bootcamp. Um, I feel like maybe sometimes that makes it easier to to, to so ask questions. Fun. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Um, so thanks for sharing that, Danielle. Um, for anyone that, that's been watching, uh, ho hopefully you enjoyed it. If you did, definitely leave a like below. Uh, if someone wants to connect with you, Danielle, wh where is the best spot? Yeah, um, probably LinkedIn. Um, okay. Yeah, feel free to connect. Um, I, I check it as not super often, but definitely every every once in a while. And I'll, I'll be sure to check it more often right after this. All right. So yeah, find Danielle Katz. Uh, her name is spelled down in the title. So you can find it pretty easily, find her on LinkedIn. And yeah, so again, she's a software engineer at Google. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Danielle. Definitely learned a lot from you, uh, especially on life at Google and everything else. 
So for everyone yeah. else that joined, thank you also. And until next week. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Good night. Have a good one. Bye.